lunch and Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows and the creamy middles of seasons 1 to 12 of The Simpsons through random episode generation. I'm of course joined always by my good comrade here, Cal Reader. Cal, um, how are we doing today? Hello, comrade. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right, man. I'm still um still working my way through this um rehab and recovery here. Um, yeah. through through mining laser surgery, I'm not cabaning this. Um, it's it's not that bad. I'm not that desperate yet. And the episode we're reviewing today is season one, episode three's Homer's Odyssey, directed by Wes Arch, written by Jay Hogan and Wallace Wolodarsky. And the couch gag is the family hurries onto the couch and it makes it collapse. Very humble beginnings of that couch gag there. And of course, as I always ask, Cal, um, what's your initial thought of this episode? This is right at the start here. Season yeah. one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good, wholesome Simpsons compared to last week's episode or whenever these episodes come out. Tennis and Menace one, which was horrific. But this one, I... If I'm honest, when when we first got told it was this episode, I kind of didn't think much of it. I thought, oh shit, it's gonna be it's just gonna be a bit of a bore one. It's not it's not gonna have as many jokes or it's not gonna be as like dark, which we'll get to because it gets very dark randomly. Um, but yeah, I, I it was a bit of a pleasant surprise. I will hold my hands up and admit straight away I'm not a fan of season one, which. Again, it comes in a bit unfairly because it's purposefully clunky and a bit awkward with animation and writing because it's the first season. But I don't know, I'm just not a fan. I guess there's one or two episodes which I can look at and say, okay, they're legitimately good. But I think for the rest of them, it's just the awkward meandering and the teething problems that I can't really get over. But maybe I'm just being a bit harsh there. Yeah, looking at the uh, trivia as well, there's lots of like little tidbits which I didn't really realise. I mean, obviously, because... We- you know, we we we're a generation that grew up on The Simpsons rather than when it was a new series kind of thing. There's lots of like little bits you don't really realise. Like it's the first, it, well, firstly it's the first episode, uh, first script to be completed. Um, also it's the first episode which introduces Butt Duff. And, oh yeah. Uh, and it's the first episode to actually have Mr Burns in it, in order of production codes. Hence the dramatic music, even though he's shown in. Uh, Simpsons roasting on an open fire is that obviously because it was the first one production code to make when it first pans on him it's all dramatic music and on and, and it's also not as we said last time on the Christmas it's special not voiced by Harry Shearer exactly feels odd knowing that there was a little uh, early moment in history where you know Harry Shearer wasn't voiced in one of the most uh, well important and most memorable um, side characters in sitcom history yeah, this was the first ever Simpsons script to be completed, and um, yeah, I. What do you think of that history, Cal? Because I never knew that myself. Can you tell it's the sort of the first script to be made with some of the dialogue or the decisions and the story or what? Yeah, it, well, it's more because it's setting a lot up, isn't it? Really, because it's kind of I, I, you know, you always expect Homer to be this buffoon character kind of thing, and I kind of forgot. In this episode, I was just like, well, he worked in the plant. I just assumed he was always a safety inspector. He was just a technical 
uh, what was it, technical manager or something Technical like that. supervisor. Yeah, or supervisor. Yeah, everyone just uh, knows that as canon, the fact he's a safety inspector. Mm-hmm. That's just been inbred into people's minds to fans of the show, but it's hard to think that he was, you know, something before that. He was this minor position. It's just, it's it's an, it's an interesting episode, and like I said, with the Duff episode and Blinky the uh, Blinky the Fish as well, uh, which he catches in a later episode. It is kind of cameoed at the beginning. Where it's like, look at our beautiful ravine where we put the pump the water back in, and it's just kind of like. All the mutated. And he, yeah, and he little pops up, yeah. This episode also introduces Waylon Smithers, Terry and Sherry. Oh, Wendell, yeah. We, we'll get to Smithers. Okay. Yeah, we will. <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> but yeah, we're, uh, Wendell, Otto, Jasper. Uh, first episode of Wiggum as well. My fa- my personal favourite character. Out of the, the, main, the main lot. Well, there's a lot of historic firsts in this one. You don't realise. We kick off the episode with Bart going on a field trip with all his classmates to the nuclear power plant itself. Um, nice little callback here to... Uh, well, not a callback. It'll be more of a foreshadowing to who that uh, student is who lost his arm. It'll be uh, Herman of Herman's Military Antiques. Already they're setting the ground for these jokes that will pay off for these little bits of canon feeding through here. We'll give the episode that. It's gr- it's fairly good at world building and character building. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because, like you said, I thought it was the episode where he kind of is the kid who... There's an episode later on, isn't there, where they go to Herman's shop. And he said, yeah, but waging war against Nelson. From your childhood, what, what was the one story where... Like a wife's tale kind of thing. Oh, the wife's tale. Um, the wives' tale I've heard growing up. Good God. Uh, loads. I'm trying to think of the ones that are more PG. I'm trying to think of the ones that are more PG and um, I knew in primary school and that. What are the non-PG ones? Um, the you must have heard the myth of the fruit pastels and a couple getting frisky with them. What's that? You've not heard? All right. Um, God, I'll make it as short and as PG as I can. They're wanting to implement something different. So they right. literally implement and use fruit pastels. And the fellow retrieves it from the woman and believes he's eaten the last one. And that turns out to be a genital wart. Oh. Yeah, I, that's why I didn't want to. There's no other pretty way dancing around it. But probably that's the most prolific one. What about yourself? So this is a classic. It's like the music and an ice cream truck only plays when they've run out of ice cream yeah why can't um, i think of an innocent one first but yeah <laughs> carry on jesus um there was one what my mum told me which i don't know why and it's always stuck with me where she I, she said don't sleep with socks on because you so- your feet will get ill and drop off and <laughs> no idea why she told me that and but like to this day no matter how smashed i am i will always take my socks off like to sleep because it just feels uncomfortable no matter how cold I am. Fear Don't of foot removal. Bart's trying not to get in trouble on the bus, but Sherry and Terry break that by the pecking him on the cheek there. So he has to sing um John Henry I was a steel driving man here. But you know, Bart, I will say he gives it some lungs, you know, he treats mm-hmm. the punishment as a reward. And I like that attitude there. I was expecting him to bust out some American trilogy, some Elvis there, because he's really Warbling and going for it there. Da, 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 da. Wow! They took Bart Simpson to the graveyard and they buried him in the sand. Oh, yeah. And every locomotive that comes roaring by said, There lies a steel. Bart? Man. Lord, Lord, oh, there okay, lies a steel. 
Uh, are you a performer in a bad situation there, Cal? Would you have a particular karaoke song? Um, I sung karaoke this weekend, actually. It's that weekend just gone. Um, oh, sweet. Because, <laughs> obviously, it depends on when this episode comes out. It's my birthday as as of recording tomorrow. Um, so, a week previous, I went to karaoke, um, which I've only very recently took up. It's one thing what I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to do it in, like, you like lost in translation in a like an Asian karaoke thing kind of thing, but um some of my mates, one of our uni friends, Hamza, uh, and like oh, his brother yes. and Jansha and a couple of other people for uh, for things went to karaoke a couple months back and kind of got the buzz for it there, so I I kind of si- signed up my mate Bellamy for System of a Down, uh, chop suey, as a joke. Um, he didn't come up on stage, so he left me there. So then one of my other friends came up, and it was just literally. If you, do you know the song? Yeah. Classic. Bring up. And that's literally what I did on stage. Fuck a pro. Exactly. But yeah, I'm, I've I've got very as as you know, and you're in a similar bucket as me. I've got very little shame in this world. Yeah, it's a way to live life. Uh, personally for me I like to go R&B you know any sort of Craig David hit or a good Usher hit yeah really set the mood there the bus arrives at the power plant Um, Wendell made it the whole way without puking until Bart reassures him with a slap on the back I will say I did like the little cutting animation there as soon as you hear it all the kids spring out pop out there like pop up pyro it was perfect and then uh, we get shown around by um smithers <laughs> but but it's not quite smithers cow is it it's not smithers it's black smithers Woo! oh if you, everyone's seen this you're a simpsons mom and if you're a simpsons fan and you know part of the meme culture you know every 10th meme at some point was black smithers or you know this dirty hidden little fact i mean what do you think for it? i understand why they change it because it's the subservience and that uh, the subservience of the character and that. But what about yourself, Carl? About this, you're looking way too much into this. Um, oh, uh, I think so. No, oh wait, no, I'm getting it mixed up. It's just I can't. I think you even. No, oh, I can't even say because you'll cut it again. Last time with with Barney and him being the only yellow character, and it was like, oh yeah, Smithers was black. And you said something which was hilarious, but it didn't make it to the podcast. Maybe <laughs> it'll, maybe it'll one day make a if we if we do a kind of like a special of the outtakes or whatever. Mm. I don't know. But um, probably not. But yeah, um, I can't remember why they changed him. I don't think it is a subsidiary thing. Uh, it makes sense. But yeah. I don't. I think that's just kind of the twenty first century. What you know. Uh, snowflake culture saying, "Oh yeah, they changed him because he's a slave to an old man." Well, I'm glad. Well, I'm sort of glad they did change him. On the commentary to try and cover it up, I'm saying, "Oh no, it's just uh, an extreme tan." But you know, I mean, these things happen. Like I said, it's the first season. Not everything's gonna stay the same, and that was part of the change. I do like the Wayne Smithers character generally. You know, yeah. not not even the you know in later seasons, it just ends up being a big. Gage out, but just the whole obsession with uh, Mr. Burns there. Do you, with Smithers, because I like Smithers as a character as well, I find him quite funny, um, but do you prefer it when it's kind of like alluring that he's gay, or that the fact that he is this outright gay? Uh, I'd probably say I like little hints like, oh, good example, uh, 
think it's a season three episode. Don't know which one. But the nuclear power plant's about to melt down. Burns is in his super suit. And he goes, oh, Smithers, it's time to kiss my star. Yes, goodbye. And he goes, may I, sir? <laughs> it's just li- little hints. Obviously, he's camp. Everyone, the Brits love camp here. We love Panto and that. But it's just, I'd say, little sprinkles, little hints I'd go for. Yeah, I agree. I think I prefer the little sprinkles and hints kind of thing. Especially when you can weird it out with him. Like, the whole... Um, where <laughs> Where he's dreaming that uh, Burns flies through the window. <laughs> yes. Another great scene there with Wayland. They reach the power plant. Smithers is showing them around here. And word uh, spreads round. And Homer realises, oh, my boy's supposed to be round here. And then he um, zips on by. Sherry and Terry's dad also works there. Turns out um, he's the head above Homer's department there. And I don't know about you, Cal, but I was watching this. And then the moment where Homer barrels into the big pipe there i don't know if it's the separate audio they recorded for the fx and that but this went really loud through my fucking speakers i was listening at half volume and it's just a big bang clarin i'll uh, insert it here as well for people i'll try not to temper with the volume but it just caught me off guard i don't know if that's just again teething problems with this first season but it just caught me i gotta get where the action is coming through hey there's my dad Hey, Dad! Yo, Homer! Woo-woo, I'm up here! Oh, hi, boy! It might have been while you were recording, because I remember, I don't... It, it, it wasn't that much of a shock for me. Oh, we'll say, another little uh, little gem line here. Um, Sherry and Terry revealed that their dad works there, and she, they go, Oh, yeah, Bart, and your dad's always gawking and goofing off. Oh, I thought you were just going to tell him off, or oh, I just thought you were dissing him. <laughs> like, that's a fairly good way. I will say, as much as people and me and myself get annoyed at, you know, managers that don't do nothing and try and shirk off work, if I was in the same position, I would be doing the exact same thing. No shame. Homer is fired for his actions there, um... I do like the little act break of Sherry and Terry's dad recognise them. Oh, hello, goes, hi, daddy. And Bart's grimacing as he's seen his dad's sack. I did like that little act break. Homer is out of a job. He's suited up. He's uh, willing to attack the workplace with the support of his family here. That's what I like about season one as much as... uh, Not my favourite season, but that's what I like. The family is all-encompassing, all-supportive of him. Bart's not hating him just yet. Lisa's not cynical and trying to save the world now they just love their dad and want to see him succeed it's kind of it's before lisa because obviously they're still it's an early episode anyway so they're still developing the characters and such um it, it it's not what uh lisa's not just a complete fucking godsend of a child who's really smart in like she's really annoying kind of thing they're all really supportive and they're all really like back around him and you know they don't, Bart doesn't really call him Homer as much. And of course, he's handsome, able-bodied, and he'll take anything. Oh, resonates with 2019 millennials right here. But he gets the door literally slammed on him with every opportunity. Although Bart opens up the door and says, don't give up, Dad. Again, I like that little cut. But he begins to sort of drink his sorrows away at Moe's and um, sort of... This is where he starts getting depressed. As much as, all right, I don't like it, as far as a story purpose, because it goes from one to another to another. I think the tonal shifts are too rapid and sudden, but I'll give I'll give the episode credit. I think this is a great depiction of depression. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Where where you just feel tired and you just can't really do anything anymore. It's it's very from coming from someone who's gone through like that kind of thing. I understand where it feels like almost like you're drowning kind of thing. That's the one what you usually say. I will yeah. I will say um as much as some of the audio doesn't match the uh mouths in this episode and the animation's a bit shaky. They do get the big vacant stare on Homer and just the limp nothingness in his body where he's you know he's forced to sign Bart's report card and he just left listless and lifeless there. Howdy, this is just a reminder that if you're enjoying the content so far, loving our podcast, loving the episode, go over to Facebook.com and search for Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, a British podcast, and give us a like there. We'll update you on all of our exclusive content and posts as well. Also, if you're in the mood for a bit more Simpsons and more Simpsons podcasts, go over and check out the 411 folks on Facebook and SoundCloud as well. They do lots of great impressions, great analysis of the episodes, and it's generally a good time. And now back with your regularly scheduled listening. He sees an advert for Duff, again one of the many uh, first appearances in the Simpsons here, uh, for Duff beer, you know, to drink away your problems. And uh, he goes to find himself a beer, but finds a cake... I guess made by his kids saying, oh, daddy, you will get through this. Dan uh, Castellanet here, the voice of Homer, with some scary line reading. I really like the, I need money. Unemployed, out of work. You sat around the house all day, but now it's Duff time. Duff, the beer that makes the days fly by. Beer. Now there's a temporary solution. There must be some beer here somewhere. Ah, maybe in here. Damn, I need money! Like, it was overly aggressive. Again, really real. Again, um, totally big shift there. I didn't expect that. Desperation kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. So he goes and steals Bart's piggy bank and smashes it. Can't even afford himself one measly pint of beer. Wait, <laughs> nope, not even one. So then that leads him to um, write a suicide note and go off to end himself. What did you think of this sudden uh, escalation, Cal? It is it a bit extreme? Me more. A little bit, yeah. And it's kind of, especially for an earlier series where it's kind of. I know, I know. Some of the Simpsons would, you know, it, it, it was it's always been kind of like the risque, kind of family show not as much obviously now with like the opens of uh south park and 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 stuff like that um but it's just i just i didn't expect it more than anything i was just like oh shit like there have been um jokes about characters jokingly jumping to kill themselves straight away and there's one particular podcast that has a fault with uh suicide jokes where do you stand on the macabre in comedy, or let's say more about the... Can suicide exist in sitcom or comedy, or lean into that kind of humour? I think it's... I, it's a touchy subject, obviously, but I think if it's used well, and yeah, it does work. If it's just for comedic effects kind of thing... Um, because obviously this is really stupid, like um the IT crowd where 
they're getting done for fraud and the guy just jumps out a window. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, stupid deaths like that, that's funny. Like, the, um, fucking four lions, when they blow, blow him up and when he's running after sheep or whatever. Yep. Accidental suicide and shit like that. That's hilarious. This one, I understand, because it's obviously, like, a very depression-based episode anyway. It kind of shows how the reality of this, like, shit, I've got my family. I've got what I can't support anymore. Um, I don't know. It, 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 it's real. It's a real thing. It's just, I don't know why it just shocks me. I just didn't really expect it to be so dark. But it was funny as well, because it's just like... How is he going to kill himself? He's going to drag a stone all the way to the bridge. Yeah. At the other side of town. Yeah. And, and the fact way. he gets annoyed when a car nearly runs him over. And it's kind of... People always say, oh, it's not so... You can't joke about it because, you know, it's 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 stupid kind of thing. And But at the end of the day, if you're out... You know, if you're in, in that situation, do get help. Like, it's... it's one of the things what you shouldn't ever feel like you're in that position but it's the best way i can say it is if by killing yourself you don't stop that grief of yourself all you do is all this depression and nastiness you pass it on to somebody who loves you and you don't realize loves you and you don't it's it's it's, it's controversial to say it's kind of selfish kind of thing and on the trivia of it as well, Homer pens his suicide note on dumb things I've got to do today as well. Because it's, it's a dumb, he didn't need to do it, he didn't, obviously he doesn't at the end. Ricky Gervais said on a uh, podcast I listened to recently that, you know, you can get humour in the macabre, you know, why do people fold their clothes before they walk off into the ocean? Why do they feed the cat before they put the toaster in the bath? It's just little odd nuances like that. Like, Homer does it here, he oils the gate he's going to go out of. Yeah. I like that little touch. Homer, well, goes off to end himself. Um, no other way of saying it. The family have found the note there. They think they've been robbed until they see him missing. And then they see the the Winfields are sitting down and they see him, you know, oh, Homer's, Mr. Simpson's taking his pet rock for a walk. Oh, maybe he's going to kill himself. Again, uh, well, what do you think of that? I know we just had a big long discussion about that, but this is two people commenting on what Homer's going through now. I think, because it, it... It's how you look into it. it. Obviously, it's used for comedic effects, like, because it's funny. It's just like, oh, he's just taking his rock for a walk. Oh, he's going to kill himself. Yeah, all right, fair enough. But it is the kind of realisation that usually when people do end up, you know, committing suicide and stuff like that, and a lot of the common things what people say are, because it's, it's hard to kind of grasp the signs, and usually when people coming from someone who's dealt with depression personally on a personal you know, side kind of thing, there's always two kind of factors of people. There's people who kind of um, broadcast it and, you know, are very obvious about it or, you know, they'll, they'll post it on Facebook or Snapchat or whatever, more modernly, obviously, and just tell everybody how depressed. Or they're on the latter side where they're more... This, they don't want to do anything anymore. They just kind of it, they struggle to get out of bed. And people don't always realise like, how much of a struggle it is. And when people who are more kind of mentally sound, in a way, they'll just kind of think, well, they're just being lazy. You don't, you know, cheer up kind of thing. It's, it isn't as simple as that. And the thing is, is, when people do kill themselves, nine times out of ten, what you hear is, oh, um, 
he, you know, he never showed anything like it. You know, he never showed any, or she never showed any uh, signs of it or anything like that. And it's just, sometimes there is science, you know, signs of the people, maybe not themselves today or whatever, but it's just a matter of being able to like pinpoint them as, because everybody has shitty days, I have shitty days and, you know, but it's not a day where I'm thinking, well, I'd rather be dead. But, yeah, very sad kind of turn this podcast <laughs> <laughs> the family end up finding him on the bridge Homer taking the rock all that way ah oh, there's one right there for him but you know you'll live and you'll learn <laughs> the family go to cross and interject but the car nearly runs them over and Homer manages to save them boulder in hand their family again not very supportive saying oh how could you and um, how could you dare leave us like this but Homer has an epiphany much like in the Simpsons movie himself, he has an epiphany. He's going to dedicate his life to safety and helping others from that moment on. And we cut to him in civil court or municipal court there. Um, the first appearance of Chief Wiggum, like the lovely Cal said there. Um, not quite uh, Edward G. Robinson and 50s gangster yet, but um, he'll grow into that. He'll develop into that. It, it's not... It... Like I said, it's an early episode. It's when they're introducing it, introducing characters. Um, with the uh, the uh, prank call as well. It's the first prank call they do. And the first one used is IP freely. Um, oh, but yeah. it's an early, it's an like you said, it's an early episode. They've got to introduce characters. They're not as developed as like these lovable morons. What they end up being. Homer ends up getting the stop sign on the dangerous road where he nearly lost his family, and then he goes on a tear. He's putting everything up, park benches, do not poo here signs, a number of litanous um, steps he's taken to make everywhere super safe. Warning sign. <laughs> yes. But the big problem is the nuclear power plant itself. You know, if he tackles that, um, Bart will be proud of him. What did you say, boy? No, nothing. Again, little elements here of Bart. Secretly, secretly being proud of his uh, father there. Yeah, I liked little flourishes like that. Homer goes to see the big man upstairs. Not God, but of course, um, Charles Montgomery Burns. Um, again, another first appearance here of uh, C.M. Burns. Blacksmithers helps well, follow him up. It, it's not his first episode. It was the first time he was supposed to show, but then because they jigged things around, and the first official episode is uh, Roasting on Chestnut Fire, Listen uh, on an open fire. He's in that episode as kind of like a Scrooge kind of character, but ah yes, you are correct. He's only, he's only in it small kind of thing, but that's why it's all dramatic. Kind of him signing the signs and doing whatever like that. Burns offers him a job as safety inspector, but he wants um he wants Homer to lie. He wants him to pull a Teresa and say everything's fine, everything is safe. What if anyone in that plant's going to leave and become independent? Just to date, just to date this podcast, folks. Just to date it, as well as they left the fucking Labour Party because of racism and anti-Semitism and not even five hours in Sheffield's own MP, my MP, what I voted for, <laughs> which they should do a by-election because I didn't vote for some fucking random bitch to go in and do her own policies, makes a racist comment. No. Oh, she God. did. It wasn't it was against lovely Majid, was it? Well, technically, what, what she, her excuse was is she she had just got off doing six hours worth of 
um, television. She didn't really realise what she was saying. And then somebody pointed out that the show was recorded two hours after they first announced it. <laughs> and it was just aired later. <laughs> no wonder why May and Majid's leaving. We need them now more than ever, God damn it. Homer can't bring himself to say it, so he goes back in and says he just can't do it. Burns notices his passion and his humanity, and he says he's got the job. Now, carry on with the work. But Homer just has to break it to him that, I don't know, this is sort of an egotistical turn for Homer, saying, I'm not here to, oh, well, I'm here to, I won't be able to hear your respect and awe anymore. You'll have to carry on your lives without me, guys. You know, for the whole, like, week I've been uh, portraying uh, my plight and my fight here. Oh, no, go away, my dedicated fans. Like, I thought that was a bit odd. When I first watched it, I didn't, well, I re-watched it because I've seen this episode before. Um, This one was not aired as much, really, but um, I didn't really understand it at first. It was just like, go tell them that they can't be here anymore. And he's like, well, no, I'm not going to do it. Well, all right, you've got a job anyway. And then he just goes and does, does it anyway. And he says, no, you don't need me anymore, but carry on my work. It's, yeah, I, guess it's, I guess it's. I guess, I guess it's just kind of, kind of like, like Burns being the manipulative genius, genius he is. Homer is successful. He does get um, the safety inspector job and a big fat raise. Does a little dance and then falls to his death. And that's the end of The Simpsons. That's pretty much the end of the episode. Only he gets into a cushion of. I don't know. It was a weird little end in there, like very cartoony again. We've said it too many times before, but it's season one. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find out where the story lies and whether it's cartoony or realistic and that. But overall, Cal, um, what did you think of this? I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it very much. So it was, um, it's wholesome more than anything of the classic episodes. It shows the potential of of how good it actually is. It does show very realistic. Uh, aspects to various things as we discussed earlier um, but you know as again we're, we're looking at it I don't know whether or not I'm looking at it back in those things, goggles or I know we're very different different in this is because you don't like it because it's not as good as some of the later episodes but if you look at it in a kind of well it was one of the first episodes that you know they're not going to go out the gate running kind of thing like, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good episode. It's, it's more of a classic than some of the other season one episodes kind of thing. Well, I tell you what, I was, I'll do my rating fairly soon, but how I was going to score it was I was completely going to go off it with the tonal shifts. And I still agree that the tonal shifts are too rash, they're too quick, they don't justify it. But with us talking about the realism and how much is shown in depression i think that's bumping up for me just the realistic portrayal so for me it's going to be two out of five um mosh pit jumps i was going to say boulders but i feel that's a bit too obvious (laughs) two out of five for me i'm gonna score it three and a half out of five um black smithers oh Oh, now I regret not choosing boulders. You know what, sod it. I'm going to bump it up a half. I'm going to do two and a half out of five boulders. Okay, we're going to pull on that big lever and we'll see whatever episode pops out next. 
Okay, next up is Season 5's Marge on Milan. Alright, if you want to do it, you can. You can support the page by liking the Facebook page at Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast. Also, show some love to the um, SoundCloud crew. Uh, that's Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast again. And we will see you shortly. Take care, people. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good.